Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about lambda encodings here in Chapter 6 of the podcast. And we have been talking about, we've started out this chapter talking about sort of the general idea of a lambda encoding, also could be called a functional encoding of data. And we've since started talk, talking about the church encoding, the original lambda encoding, the initial one developed by Alonzo Church, and uh, and also a, a very nice one and one that makes a lot of sense and is, is uh, quite convenient and useful in many cases. Because with the church encoding, as we've said before, the idea is to encode data functionally, the sort of functional interface that the data will be providing is that of fold-write. And fold-write makes sense for lots of different data types, not just lists. Uh, and we considered last time in some detail the case of booleans, not a data structure we usually think about performing a fold over. The fold becomes rather degenerate in this case. It just says, what would you like to return if the boolean is true? And what would you like to return if the boolean is false? And the boolean itself, when presented with these two choices, will return to you either the first or the second choice, depending on whether the boolean in question is true or false. And we, you know, so when we're interested in typed lambda encodings here, and the type we can give to a church encoded Boolean is the type, the polymorphic type for all X. So this works for any type X, for all X, X to X to X. All right, so that was, those are the church encoded Booleans. And let's just do another example or two of church encoded data types. And I mean, really, when I first learned about this, it was always, there's sort of a, quite a bit one had to think about and say to think about, well, how do I define these different operations? And But from a functional programming perspective, this is just a functional programming exercise to figure out how do I define this or that operation using the fold. Um, I guess, actually, let's take a moment for you know a sort of degenerate case of that. How do you define this or that Boolean operation using the, bool the fold for Booleans, which is a f essentially is if-then-else? Well, this is a pretty easy matter from logic. If you have uh, if sort of Boolean logic. If you have if-then-else, you're going to be able to create the other operators. Um, I guess we've, if we, certainly if we have if-then-else and false, uh, I think we're good to go. Because we can create negation. Um, well, actually, negation, yeah, negation, we can do it. If the Boolean is true, then return false. If it otherwise, return true. And with the way these lambda encodings work, we don't actually have an if-then-else operator. We just have the Boolean itself, which provides the functional interface. So to do negation, you take the Boolean and you call it on false true. Because the Boolean, if the Boolean is true, it's going to return option one. And if it's false, it's going to return option two. You know, that, as we discussed, that choice is rather arbitrary. It could be the Boolean could decide to, you know, in general, you could have all of your Booleans return the second one if they're true and the first one if they're false. It really doesn't matter. So, but let's just say that the Booleans, all of our Booleans are going to, if they're true, they'll return the first option. And if they're false, they'll return the second. So to do negation, to say not B, you know, you can define the not function, says lambda B, I take in the Boolean B, and I apply B to false and then to tr the result to true. And so that just is saying the, the true option should be false and the false option should be true. And that, lo and behold, you flip the value of the Boolean. And similarly, you can do, you know, and, so let's see, so and, we with if-then-else, basically you could say, if you want to do b1 and b2, right, you say, 
if B1, then B2, else false, right? You can just puzzle these out. They're very, you know, this is not, not hard to figure these little ones out and or not, you know, implies, this kind of thing. So, um, and that's just a simple case of, of saying, how do, I, uh, how do I write a bunch of functions of interest using folds? Now, you know, so when you come to lists, where we're very, if you're a functional programmer, you're very used to writing folds, um, or at least you're, you're quite familiar with the idea of a fold, even if you personally <laughs> don't sprinkle them all over your code. Um, but, you know, so there we, all the same functions that we are used to writing with folds, uh, you can now write the boolean, the list value itself is going to provide, uh, is going to implement the fold operation for you. And so you just take the list and you apply it to the function, the sort of the combining function to use for cons nodes in the list and the base case to use for the empty list. And so the, uh, the type that you would give to a list is literally the type that you would have. Well, sorry, I, I, I spoke too quickly. It's essentially the same type you have for fold right, except now, you know, fold right, you usually you say, given a list of A's, I've been doing this stuff in class for Haskell and Yards. Like, so you say, you actually take your combining function, your base case first, and then your list of A's. But let's just think of it as like, you take your list of A's and you take, um, and you're going to try to produce a B, a value of type B from that. So you take your list of A's and you need to say what B to use in the base case. So it, for nil, so you, so you need your list of A's, you need a, a value of type B for the base case. And then you, for the cons case, you need something that can take the head, that's A, of type A, and the value you get for the tail, so that's of type B, and produce another value of type B. So in the end, as you can see, you know, if you look on Google or this look in the Haskell prelude, you'll see that fold right has a type for all A for all types A and B. Um, A to B to B, that whole thing to B, the whole thing to list of A's to B. Sorry, it's kind of a mouthful over the air. Uh, and for the the lambda encoding of lists. The only thing that's different, in, the only thing that changes from that type as the definition of what a list is, a list is a polymorphic function that takes in this combining function and a base case for nil. It does not take in a list. It is the list. <laughs> it just takes in the combining function, the base case for nil, and it, it returns the value that you get. And so the type is, you know, I, I, I think I won't try to say it over the air. It's the same thing I said for fold, right? But just don't take in the list of A's as one of your inputs. Because this function is the list of A's. And uh, so how do you actually create a list like this? Well, if you think about the, so the, the, uh, the list is taking the combining function and the base case. So let's write, let's think about writing a list. We are going to say lambda C, let's C stands for cons or is for the, you know, combining case, lambda n for nil. So it says lambda c, lambda n. And then you start calling c. Everywhere that in your list you would normally call cons, you just call c. And everywhere in your list you'd normally put a nil, you just put n. So lambda, so like if you want to say the list one, two, three, you would say lambda c, lambda n, c of one, applied to c of two, applied to c of three, applied to n. So it looks, it, another way to think about it is it's like this thing looks just like the list you would construct with nil and cons, except that you've abstracted out what nil and cons should be. And that actually makes sense because fold right, you can think of it sort of semantically, you say, given a, a, a structure, a tree structure with cons nodes and going down a right spine of the tree to a nil, 
Um, Fold right just says, I want so a fold right lets you, the programmer, decide instead of cons and nil, you can put some other functions there. You can put some function C everywhere there was going to be a cons and some value N wherever there was going to be a nil. And then you're going to let your, um, you know, the programming language surrounding ambient programming language evaluation mechanism compute for you from this list. And that's exactly what the lambda encoding of a list does. Um, except it, it it take you know it just says I take in the interpretation of cons interpretation of nil and then the list is going to apply them following the list structure that you know is being represented here uh, and that's your your lambda encoding for um, for the operation for the con for the list so um, yeah and so once you have fold right and once you've defined your data to be the fold write function for the list. You know, so I guess you have to be careful. So we're speaking about the data is actually the fold write function specialized to that particular list. So it says what to do, what fold, you know, how to do a fold for that particular list by applying um, the combining and the nil uh, functions. So just a moment. Sorry about that. It's super cold here in Iowa today. For some reason, it's like 11 degrees, and actually my window won't open to let me into the parking lot. Anyhow, uh, so that was list. And then we could think about natural numbers. And in some way, you could just say, oh, there's nothing to say for natural numbers because natural numbers, you could really just think of them as a list with no interesting data in them. So you could think of them as a list of units. Unit, the unit type, meaning the type that just has one boring constructor that doesn't do anything interesting for you. Uh, so, because with the list, we don't care about, with a natural number, there's, as thought of as a list, all we're really caring about is how long the thing is. If there's no data in there, we don't care about what data the list is holding if it's a, a natural number. So, uh, and so then once we think of it this way, we could say, oh, okay, cool, now I know how to program with these, I just do a bunch of folds again. And, but then still you're like, but I'm not used to defining addition and multiplication using folds. So we should probably talk about that a little bit. Um, but I am at my uh, rather chilly destination now. And so that's all I have for the moment. And thank you for listening. And I'll be back again with more soon, probably talking about church encoding of natural numbers. Um, since that, you know, thinking about program with natural numbers as folds is not terribly familiar. Okay. Hope all is well with you wherever you are listening.